Let me begin by expressing my appreciation for the invitation to be here. I am so thankful to be a part of this series of lessons, this summer series this year. It's an outstanding theme, so thankful for that. I appreciate the topic, and as I was looking through the topics as well as the speakers, I said I was humbled that I was included among, among such men and uh, those of such renown, uh, well-known, highly respected in our brotherhood. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. It is good to be here. I appreciate Brother Tony and his good work. He's been coming up there to Vacation Bible School, gospel meetings, uh, known who he is for several years. And as I said, since I've been the preacher there at Wither Hill, got to spend some time with him and, and work with him, and we're so grateful for that and look forward to him, in fact, being with us in about a month or so up there again for our Vacation Bible School. So we're, we're thankful for that. If you would please be turning in your Bibles to Matthew 7, verses 15 to 20. If you, if you close your Bibles, open them back up to that. We're going to use that as our text of study tonight. It was just read in our hearing. Jesus warns of false teaching. Jesus warns of false prophets. That, of course, is the topic for tonight. As you look at this passage of Scripture, as you look at this placement here, it's at the end or very near the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has went through this sermon and He has taught so many precious and valuable truths. So many things that are powerful. So many things that, that have so much emphasis in our lives. Attitude. Action. Our relationship one with another and our relationship with the kingdom of God. Where it should be in our lives. He's talked about other things. And so many of those things. And then He comes to this portion. And I believe this section is here basically to tell us this. If there is someone who comes along who teach, teaches contrary doctrine to that which I have presented to you, let it be known he's a false teacher. Let it be known that he is not one who's producing good fruit because Jesus, of course, is the master teacher. He's the, the teacher of all truth. And so if whatever is presented to you would not line up with the teachings of Jesus, he is a false teacher. And so tonight, as we look at this warning as we look at this text, we want to consider four things from this text that Jesus tells us about and He instructs us about false teachers. Number one tonight, Jesus warns of the reality of false teachers. There in verse number 15, He says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. I don't know if you've talked to someone recently. I, I imagine you have. Someone who is of the denominational religion, some of the religious world. And they begin the discussion or talk about some things, living this, this life. They say, well, you know, we're all just going to the same place. After all, we're just going about it differently. That's kind of a, a concept in many people's mind today in the religious world. They look at those who teach differently, those who teach a doctrine that is contrary to them. They won't even say they're wrong. They're just different. It's a different interpretation. They may say that this is necessary for salvation. This is necessary for faithfulness. However, I believe that this is not necessary. This is not necessary for faithfulness. But you know, it's just different. They're not wrong. They're not false. They're not in error. It's just a different interpretation. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says there's someone out there that's wrong. There's someone out there that is false. There's someone out there that is teaching error. And if we look through the religious world today, many in the religious world have that idea that there's not really. And sadly, because so many of our friends, because so many of our family, our loved ones, our co-workers, they're, they're of that persuasion, they're of that mindset, that begins to affect us. And we begin to think that same way. You know, maybe, they're, maybe they're not wrong. Maybe they're not in error. 
Maybe they are just different. But Jesus says there's someone out there that is different. He says they are false teachers and they're teaching contrary to the truth. And notice what he says here concerning those people. He says, beware of them. That means that you and I as disciples of His, that's who this, this message is written to, Matthew 5 verse 1, when He was set in the mount, His disciples came to Him and He began to teach them. That's for you and for me. He says that you are to beware. That word means to give heed, to pay close attention to. It is something that we need to spend time evaluating. It is something we need to, to spend focus on. Making certain that we are aware of false teachers, pseudo-prophets, a religious imposture. You say, because Jesus says those people come to us in sheep's clothing. They're not going to bust through the doors and say, guess what, I'm a false teacher. Jesus says they're going to look like the other sheep. And throughout Scripture and throughout the teachings of Christ, we know when He speaks of sheep, He means those that are doing God's will. Matthew 25, when he depicts there the judgment scene and the the sheep are gathered to the right hand, the goats are separated to the left, the sheep are the ones who hear the message, Come, you blessed to my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 34. They're the ones that are going to heaven. And so Jesus says, You beware of these false teachers because they're going to come in and they're going to look like they're doing right. They're going to look like they're, they're doing the things God would have them to do. But they're not going to bust down the doors and say, guess what? Look at me, listen to me, and follow after me initially. Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 4. There he, he speaks of how Titus was compelled to be circumcised, you'll remember. It was false teachers who were following them around, causing all types of problems for them. And he says those false teachers... Notice his words here. He said they came in unaware, they brought unaware brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus. Those false teachers look like the other sheep. They look like everyone else. And he said they came in unaware. They came in privately. And pretty soon they were spreading their doctrine that, that you have to be a keeper of portion of the old law system in order to be right with God. Paul said that's not right. Paul said, that is, that is damnable doctrine. That is heresy. But you know, he said, they come in quietly, just like a sheep would. Looking like a sheep. And so, Jesus says here, as He begins this passage, as He begins this teaching, He warns us of the reality of this. And you know, it's, it's no wonder that He would warn us of such things. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter, 13, or 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 13, there we see Christ... There we see Paul warning of how the apostles of Satan, the servants of Satan, the ministers of Satan, may even transform themselves into false apostles. Notice what Paul says here. He says, For such are false apostles, this is 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, Satan himself, he says, is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed to ministers of righteousness. As you study 2 Corinthians, you'll note that Paul is putting forth a tremendous effort to defend his apostleship. There were false teachers who were following him along and teaching contrary to what he was saying. and They were trying to build themselves up in the church's eyes, in the, the Christian's eyes that Paul had taught and say, well, we're just as, uh, we have just as much authority as Paul and we're going to teach something different. 
Paul says, they're false apostles. And he says, it's no marvel. He says, even Satan can look like a sheep. No marvel then that his ministers look like sheep as well. Friends, that's why Jesus tells us to beware. That's why Jesus tells us to be cautious. Because they can look just like you and just like me. Jesus says, beware the reality of false teachers. Number two this evening, let's move along. Not only does Jesus teach us of the reality of false teachers, let's go back to our text, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 15. He teaches the rage of false teachers. He says, They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening or ravenous wolves. That describes a, a, an animal or a, 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 a character that is vicious, very ferocious. Brother Tony mentioned we, we have three daughters. Our oldest two daughters love to watch animal television shows. They love to watch any type of, of animals. And sometimes we will sit down and we'll watch those, those television shows, those nature shows, and, you know, turns to a pack of hungry wolves chasing after a prey. Or, or maybe a pack of lions chasing after an animal on the, the plains. You know, when, when those creatures, when those predators, when they catch that prey, they devour it. They tear it and they, they just destroy it. That's the picture that Jesus wants to put in your mind of these false teachers, of the rage that they come at the innocent sheep with. He says they come with a vicious, vicious rage. And He says they are not going to let up either. They are ravenous wolves. As I was looking for words and looking for a way to describe that, one, one uh, description spoke of how that is putting in our mind a picture of someone who is addicted to plunder. A person or a, a people, a teacher, or, or someone who wants to do nothing more than plunder, than to take and to spoil that which you may have. And while we're looking at it from a physical aspect, that would be bad enough. But considering it's a spiritual aspect, that's far worse. If they would destroy the spiritual nature, the spiritual standing of the sheep. How horrible that would be. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in tonight's study. Jesus teaches here of the rage of these people. They're going to cause great, great damage. You remember as the Apostle Paul was traveling through on his final missionary journey, his third missionary journey, as he was going back through, he went to the area of Miletus and he called for the Ephesian elders to come down and to meet with him. Acts chapter 20. And there at verse number 28, as he is speaking with those brethren, he's speaking with those elders, he says, Take heed unto yourselves and to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the flock of God which He has purchased with His own blood. He basically gives the same general warning that Christ has given. You, you pay attention. You, you'll be watchful for the flock. And notice what he goes on and says in verse number 29. He says, For I know this. After my departure... He says, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock? And even of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. He says, even among the church, even among the elders there, he said, it's possible that there are going to be those who would rise up and be false teachers, and they're doing this to, to draw people away after them, draw disciples after them. You see, the reason they want disciples to follow after them is they're not servants of God. They're not servants of Christ. They're servants of themselves. 
They want to build themselves up. They want to look good. They want to look important. They want followers. And see, that's what happened even in New Testament times. Turn to the end of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 15. At verse number 17, Paul says there, Now I beseech you, brethren, this is Romans 16, 17, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies. As he describes them in verse number 17, he's describing those ravenous wolves that are going to come in and going to destroy the flock. And he says, they are not servants of our Lord Jesus. They are filled with rage and they are there to destroy the hearts and the minds of the simple. But with their fair speeches, he says, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Friends, that is a person that is addicted to plunder. They want to draw away those people after them and cause so much problems. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says basically the same thing concerning these people that they are uh, serving their own lives, their own selves. In Philippians 3 verses 18 and 19, he says, Many of whom I have told you often and now even weeping that are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Who's the enemies of the cross of Christ? It's not the sheep. It's the wolves. It's the ones that look like sheep. They've come in unaware. They came in privately and they caused so much problems. And he says, those people are the enemies of Jesus Christ. Now notice what he says in verse 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their own belly. They're not really concerned about Jesus Christ. They're not really focused on what the Lord would have them to do. They want to know what's best for themselves. They want to build themselves up. And you begin looking around at, at false teachers. And there's a lot of material things surrounding a lot of them, isn't it? Isn't it? You start looking at their homes, their automobiles, their wardrobes. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a nice home, nice automobile, nice wardrobe. But when you plunder for it, when, when, you, when you devour the sheep for it, there's something wrong. There's something problematic there. And, and Jesus says it's going to be a, a rage-filled person that's going to do that. You see, and in doing so, these false teachers not only destroy themselves and not only sin and condemn their own lives, but also those who would follow after them. And that's why Jesus warns us. That's why Jesus says don't pay attention and don't follow after them is because their doctrine is going to lead people to hell. In Matthew chapter 16, at verse number 6, he begins warning his disciples there. He says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, they're traveling along and like many times, they weren't exactly clear on what Jesus was saying. They said, We've not made proper preparations for this trip. We don't have extra bread. And he's saying, beware because of the leaven. And then Jesus says, remember the, the, the miracles? A few loaves fed thousands. You loaves fed thousands. You took up lots of baskets. That's that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about bread for the trip. Not at all. In verse number uh, 11, he says, How is it you do not understand? Now I spake concerning bread. He said that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he bade them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The reason that they were told to beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is that that doctrine would destroy the spiritual nature and would would determine and condemn those who would follow after them. 
Later on in Matthew 23, after Christ finds himself at Jerusalem, here, of course, for the last time, he's there, the, the Passion Week we often refer to it as. In Matthew 23, he puts forth severe condemnation to these Pharisees and Sadducees, Pharisees particularly. He levies several woes upon them. He straightforwardly and widely calls them hypocrites for their doctrine. One of the things he says here in verse number 13 is that they shut up the kingdom of heaven against people who are going in. He says they are wolves and they're not allowing the sheep to go in to the sheepfold. Notice what he says. He says, verse number 13, Matthew 23, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites! He says, You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for neither ye go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. He says, Your teaching, your doctrine, he says, Those people that are striving to serve God, he said, You're shutting them out of heaven. You're shutting them out of the service of God. He said, You're not doing it. They place far more emphasis upon on commandments and doctrines of men, on tradition, than they were on God's Word. And Jesus says, you're not going to heaven and you're not letting anybody else either. Two verses later, he says basically the same thing. Verse number 15, he says, you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, he says, he is twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. You see, it's not just the teachers that end up condemned. And that's why Jesus is so concerned. That's why Jesus tells us to be so cautious is because it's not just those people that go to hell. It's the ones that follow them. And the reason Jesus is concerned is because many people follow them. As they go out of the temple, the apostles, disciples want to show Jesus all these beautiful buildings of the temple and He begins teaching them many things there in Matthew 24. One of the things he says, though, multiple times in Matthew 24 is that there's going to be false prophets, there's going to be false apostles, there's going to be false Christ, and they're going to deceive many people. Notice what he says there, verse number 4. Take heed that no man deceive you, for many are going to come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse number uh, 11. Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. You see, it's not just the false teacher. It's not just the false prophet that's condemning their own destiny. They're condemning those that follow them as well. And friend, it takes a rage-filled person to do that, to lead someone else willfully to hell. Jesus warns of the rage of false teachers. He says they are ravening, ravenous wolves. Let's move along in our study tonight. Let's return to Matthew chapter 7. Not only does Jesus warn of the reality of false teachers, not only does he inform us of the rage of those false teachers, Jesus also instructs us how to recognize false teachers. Notice verse number 16 through 18 and then verse 20. He says, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. Verse number 20, Wherefore by, your fruit, by their fruits you shall know them. Jesus says they may come in appearing like sheep, but soon enough they're going to bear fruit. And when they bear fruit, you're going to be able to tell what they are. Are they truly sheep? Or are they ravenous wolves? Are they truly those who are serving our Lord Jesus Christ? Or are they serving their own bellies? Now be very cautious that you understand what I'm saying here. 
Jesus says that they come in looking like sheep, but sooner or later they're going to bear wolves, bear uh, fruit and be recognized as wolves. It may be very difficult to determine at the beginning which side they're on. It may be very difficult as it starts to figure it out. But sooner or later, Jesus says you'll be able to know. Maybe you have a garden. No, my dad, my dad's here. He, he has a garden. I can't remember my dad not having a garden. One year, my dad's garden got infested with Johnson grass. I mean, it was covered with Johnson grass. And you know, if you have a garden, Johnson grass isn't good for your garden. Well, one night, dad had plowed his garden, but it got dark before he could clean out the rows of corn. And if you know anything about small corn plants and small Johnson grass plants, about five or six inches tall, they bear a striking resemblance, or at least they do to me. Dad told me, you go down there and you clean out the gar- clean out those rows of corn. Well, the next, you see where this is going already, don't you? The next night he come back, he went down there to inspect that, and I'm here to tell you he had four of the prettiest rows of Johnson grass you have ever laid eyes on. Now, I don't have a problem telling you which one is a corn plant when it gets up there and it bears that big, beautiful golden ear of corn. It's just begging to have some butter and salt pour on it and throw it in a pot and boil. I don't have a problem telling you that. But you know, when it's little, it's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? When it bears fruit, you can tell what it is. And Jesus says you can recognize them by their fruits. We already read Romans 16, 17 there. Let's go back over there for just a moment and look at some of the fruits of those that are ravenous wolves. Jesus, uh, Paul says, I beseech you, you mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Those who are sheep, those who are following or serving the Lord Jesus Christ, they're not going to cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. Now, there may be some times where standing for truth, there are some divisions. There are some problems. But it's not contrary to the teaching of Christ. It's not contrary to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. It's in harmony with it. And Paul says, if it's contrary to that, you recognize and you know then that they are false teachers. And he goes on there and he says again, they're not those that serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They're bearing fruit that points it out very clearly. Someone says, well, you're judging them. No, we're not judging. We're not judging. If I look at that, that corn plant, when it has a stalk of corn up there, it's tossed it out and it has an ear of corn on it, I can say that's a corn plant. I'm not judging that. Now, earlier on there, there may be a judgment call. I didn't make the right judgment. Dad ended up with four pretty rows of Johnson grass. He had to plow up and replant. By the way, he had more Johnson grass. But friends, we need to recognize. Jesus teaches us, how to recognize those things. That's why we have to be so diligent in our efforts. John says in 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they have God's, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, they're not going to bust through the doors and say, I'm a false teacher. They're going to look like the sheep. We need to be like those Bereans. You remember as Paul was traveling on his missionary journey there, he came to Thessalonica. They weren't too receptive of the gospel. He moved on down to Berea. In Acts chapter 17, preaching the gospel, verse number 11 says, These, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. You know what they were doing? They were trying to determine whether or not it was a sheep or a wolf that had come in amongst them. That's what they were doing. 
They were looking to the teachings of the Word of God and they were making comparisons with what these men said with what God's Word said. And when it measured up, when it compared, when it was equal, they obeyed that Gospel. But, if it doesn't measure up, Paul says we are to abstain from all appearance of evil. We put it away from us. We separate from those things. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 21 and 22. Jesus teaches us here in this passage how to recognize false teachers. Very quickly, let's go back to our text in Matthew chapter 7. Not only does Jesus teach us the reality of false teachers, teaches us the rage, tells us how to recognize them, Jesus also reveals the reward of false teachers. Verse number 19. Notice what Christ says. He says, Those tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now let me be very clear here. As I speak of reward, I'm not talking about something that's positive. We, we've begun in our mindset to always associate reward with good, a good thing. We're talking about the, as Peter calls it in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, the reward of unrighteousness. Being cast into the fire is not a good thing. That's described by John in Revelation chapter 20 at verse number 15 by whoever was not found in the Lamb's book of life. They were the ones that were cast into the lake of fire. That's what Christ is paralleling. That's what He's talking about. Those who produce bad fruit, those who cause contrary uh, and offenses contrary to the doctrine, divisions, all those things that we've noticed, some of those passages we've even looked at earlier here, those are the type of people that are rejected. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 6, 8, that that bears thorns and briars, he says rejected, whose end is to be burned. And again, that's Hebrews 6, 8. The reward of false teachers is destruction. As Jesus said there though, in Matthew 23, it's not, their own, it's not their destruction alone. And that's the problem of it. That's the real thing that you and I need to be concerned about. As we read Matthew 23 at verse number 15 a moment ago, when they made that proselyte, when they made that follower of their doctrine, Jesus said, you made him twofold uh, more, uh, more a child of hell than yourselves. He's going to be destroyed right there with you. He's going to be cast away too. And that's the problem of it. That's the destruction. That's the hardship. And that's why Jesus says that you and I, as children of God, need to be aware. We need to be cautious. We need to not allow a false teacher to lead us astray. And we need to make certain that we're checking them out. Oh, like Jesus says there, they may look like the sheep. They may appear in sheep's clothing. They may appear like a sound preacher or teacher or Bible class teacher, elders, deacons, whatever it may be. But he says, eventually they're going to show their fruit. You may say, well, you know, I don't really have a, a part in this matter. This is, this is something for the elders. The elders are the ones that they're supposed to guard and, and make sure we're all right. Well, that's true. They do have a responsibility in that. But remember, Jesus spoke this message to his disciples. He said, well, the preacher, he's the one that's supposed to make sure that his, his lessons are in harmony with the Word of God. That's true, he does. But you have a responsibility to make sure you don't follow after false doctrine. Bible class teachers, deacons, whatever capacity they may serve, the responsibility is not someone else's, it's ours. Every single Christian, 
Every single disciple of Jesus Christ has the responsibility to beware of false prophets. Because again, we don't want to be led away. In order to beware, we need to give diligent heed. We need to be cautious. We need to pay attention. That we're always minding, always mindful of those things that are taught by Christ and by His apostles that are in, that's in His Word and make comparison to those messages. It's one thing I, I love to hear is people turning their pages in their Bibles as you preach. I love that. Because that means people's not taking my word for it as a preacher. And I love it when I hear people engaging in discussion say, well, the Bible says, or, or I learned this in Bible class, let me show you. Other than what my preacher says. Are you sure your preacher's right? Are you sure your Bible class teacher's right? Now again, I'm not, I'm not condemning, I'm not accusing any, any teacher or preacher here. I, I believe that they stand forth for truth. But that doesn't mean that we can be lax. And... Not check them out. John says there's many false prophets. Jesus says they look like sheep. That's why we have that responsibility. Jesus warns us to beware. That's not part of the time. That's all the time. Always cautious, always aware. So we draw our lesson to a close tonight. Again, we need to give diligent heed to Jesus' warnings. Otherwise, His teaching and His instruction has no value unto us. It may be the case that you're here tonight and at some point in your life you've given heed to false teachers. You've followed in their ways. And rather than comparing the truth of God's Word, you've simply taken their message and you've done those things blindly. Maybe you have been destroyed by those who serve themselves rather than the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to offer the Lord's invitation to you this evening. To make your life right with God. It may be that you have, have blindly followed those false teachers. Maybe you've, you've attempted to come into a relationship with God in a way that they said that's not what the Bible says. God's Word is plain. God's Word is simple. God's Word tells us we have to hear it. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Not the Word of man. Not the instruction or teachings from man. But from God. We hear that message and we develop faith in it. Faith without which we cannot please God. Hebrews eleven six. Upon that faith, we look at the life we're leading. We realize that there's error in it. There's things that need to be changed. There's, there's areas we need to, to turn from and, and turn into God. The Bible calls that repentance. It's commanded of all men everywhere. Acts seventeen thirty. Upon that repentance, we then stand before man and we confess the faith that we have in Jesus as the Son of God. Jesus said in order that He would stand before the Father and confess us. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Upon that confession, we complete our obedience to the gospel of Christ by putting Him on in baptism. Galatians three twenty seven. the Bible says, As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Then you arise a new creature. Romans 6. To walk in newness of life faithfully until the end of that life. Regardless of what obstacles or challenges may come before you, regardless of how difficult life may be, we're held accountable to be faithful unto our Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Paul says to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It may be the case that you have 
erred from the faith. It may be the case that you have never obeyed the gospel as is clearly and plainly laid out before us in God's Word tonight. Maybe you're here having sin in your life and you want to come back home. Simon was told in Acts chapter 8 after he had sinned grievously, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. If you are a child of God who sinned, that's your avenue back. Repentance and confession and prayer. If, you're never, if you have never put on Christ, faith, repentance, confession, and baptism, whatever your need may be tonight, we stand ready and willing to assist you so that you can be right in the sight of God, so you can be on the right hand of our Lord. And hear those beautiful words, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. If your life were to end or if the Lord were to return tonight, would you hear those words? If not, make it right while you have this chance, this opportunity as we stand, as we sing.